0: I, I always do. Come on, <laughs> hey, I'm like I'm like all grossed out from from recovering from surgery.
1: Oh my god! Like, yeah, how like was a, it?
0: I look like a garbage. I look like a garbage mess right now. Like my beard is not faded. My hair's not cut. My beard listen. This way. <laughs> I already have a like. I already have a round face. So like, <laughs> so already like, for my beard to go like this right now. Just makes it like, exacerbates like how how round of a moon face I have. It's growing horizontally right now. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't grow this way. It doesn't grow this way. It just grows outward.
1: You so, don't have a moon face. Yes, <laughs> I don't think you do. <laughs> how is your surgery?
0: Well, I'm able to sit. So we're two weeks post surgery today. So you know,
1: fabulous. In fact, I'm
0: able to sit without a donut pillow, and I can sit for more than. An hour or two is actually, like, really good.
1: So oh, my gosh. I mean, what did you have done again?
0: I had a cyst removed off my tailbone. And That's like, right. And it actually, for the listeners hearing this, whatever, um, for li- <laughs> I, it, it actually extended, like, halfway down my glute. So they oh. had like a mass, like, this big out of my clothes. oh
1: my god and, it,
0: and then it kind of goes like up this way so it's like it's literally like this big of an open wound
1: uh, my stomach oh yeah. god it was yeah
0: it was gross, yeah, it was gross. <laughs> the first time i, I don't like it, it I almost, the first time i looked at it i almost had the same reaction
1: it reminds me of like whenever i was uh in my dietetic internship and like my clinicals like <laughs> we would have to do like tube feeds or like just like calculate like protein requirements for like people with like really big wounds and there would be like people with like these huge like bed sores that's what it's giving me right now and it's not a pretty image honestly
0: you always want to you always wonder as a like a coach what does the inside of your body look like and you get a good view now i know
1: (laughs) you know what's actually really crazy though is like i it's so funny to me because like i'm a squeamish person in a lot of ways but like during my internship, I watched, I literally sat and watched somebody have gastric bypass and also open heart. I literally was Boy. in the operating room. It was absolutely insane. And like, for some reason, I didn't feel like I was going to pass out. But like, my boyfriend shows me a cut on his finger and I'm like, get it away. So <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, know, so man. Like,
0: <laughs> so like, that's that. And then I also did a GI map like the week, the, the weekend prior.
1: Oh.
0: Recovery mode, and I found out I have a high H. pylori, high candida. No. I'm I'm like eight different overgrowths. On all
1: of the yeah, on all of the pathogens, do you have a lot of symptoms?
0: Not like particular, just a lot of brain fog. Honestly, like throughout my day, that's literally what I get. But like, interesting. I know I eat a lot of rice, so like I won't be able to eat like with Candida, I know it's just going to be...
1: Yeah, I might gotta keep, yeah you might have to keep it a little bit lower carb there for a while. Yeah, oh, I'm man. Gonna star-
0: I'm going to be starving for the next, like, six months. <sighs> it's fine. And then I found out, also, like, my H. pylori is antibiotic-resistant. So, like, <gasps> Is it to
1: which antibiotic? Uh,
0: cl- I don't know what the... Chlorithromycin?
1: Yeah. Clorithromycin. I just butchered that. <laughs> That's always super interesting to me, though, whenever I find somebody who does have um, An antibiotic resistant, but you can use the other ones, right? But you're probably not using antibiotics, right? Mm, we'll see. <laughs> do some, do some good old like some honestly, DGL, honestly, some mastic gum. Honestly,
0: honestly, I might just like rifaximin the shit out of my body.
1: Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that too, that too. Honestly, sometimes it's easier to just go the antibiotic route, but at the same time, it's like eh, this is why I hate why using I save, antibiotics.
0: This is why I save thousands of dollars for so I can so I can buy rifaximin and. I don't have to deal with all this. <laughs> it's kidding. true. Mark might actually listened to this, and he's like, "No, we're <laughs> definitely going down the antimicrobial route."
1: <laughs> he's gonna but, but okay. The positive thing though is like H. by Lori is pretty easy to get rid of. Candida, on the other hand, good luck. My hat's off to you, sir. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I know. I went over. I went over. I I went over it myself because I have someone who has. I have a girl who's twenty who has the same thing. Really. She mm-hmm. has much worse overgrowth, but like she has high candida, high H.1, yeah. high in overgrowth. And I'm like, nice. So I'm like, so, so I'm going to basically just run this protocol for like six months and we'll see how it goes. And yeah, literally we're just going to have some fun with it. So like, I'm actually really excited though, because mm-hmm. I get to learn going through it. Like I've oh. so many people, I put so many people through a gut protocol now and I'm like, yeah. there, there's a reason as to why, because I still have like, I'll still have like seven months of of um of like reco- or – I'll have like six weeks of recovery time left before
1: mm-hmm. I can really
0: okay. train hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gym. And so that gives me like six weeks to be really aggressive with it, which should get rid of the H. pylori and the candida if I'm able to be aggressive with it. So like – Heck not, yeah,
1: there you go. Isn't it always – Yeah, isn't it always fun too to like it, – It's always so weird whenever you're going through something. Like the exact same thing as one of your clients at the same time. And you're like, I swear that like this is completely individualized to every single person, but it's like you find something that's like working for you so well. And then you're like, okay, like I'm going to tr- pretty much just like mimic this for the next person who's going through this exact same thing. You know, it's just always so funny to be going through it at the same time. Like I've had a lot of clients who came off of hormonal birth control at the same time as me and like our timelines of like, what was happening to our bodies was literally the exact same. And I was like, this is so crazy.
0: Yeah. So like, I'm excited. Yeah, it is right. You're like, Oh, we got our cycles at the same time. It's like, everyone gets recycled at the same time. You're all like, you're we're like, like synced up. <laughs> yeah. You're all like cycle sisters. It's like weird. This weird we are cycle sisters. All say it's like we're cycle sisters. And oh, like- we
1: absolutely are. I, whenever I did have a period, um, because that's fun. We'll talk about me losing it again. Um, whenever I did have one, I was 100% synced up with all of my best friends. <laughs> so funny. Like, it's so yeah, a real thing.
0: Yeah, so that's where I'm at. So, like, that was a good – so that was, like – I knew something was off, you know? Yeah. Like, I just yeah. tell, like, things are off. Like, when you get, like, anxiety and, like
1: mm-hmm. – a lot of
0: people don't understand what actually gut systems are. Everyone just assumes it's just bloating.
1: And yeah. like,
0: like And they're just like, oh, loose stools and bloating. And I'm like, no. I'm like mm-hmm. – if like – for women, I'm like, if you if you have like low testosterone, you're not converting, you have horrible thyroid, I'm like, more than likely those two things right there just tell me you have a gut issue. One hundred percent. It's not a hormonal thing. And yeah. And so like I've just been feeling like a ton of brain fog, like for hmm. the last like year. And I'm like, I probably should have got this done. That's the worst. That. I'm like, I probably should have got this done a lot sooner. Um yeah. but but I decided not to, but I'm like, I noticed when I get up to like a certain weight limit on my body, I just hit like a ton of inflammation rather than- For
1: sure.
0: Growth. So I'm like, okay, we're going to do this now because I'd rather just do this now before I have to prep next year because if I try to prep next year using this, it's just going to get a lot worse. <laughs>
1: so. Yeah. 100%. Oh my gosh. I feel that so much. What kind of like, what you're in like a maintenance phase right now, right?
0: Yeah, I'm just like I'm just chilling on, just chilling. Just 225. I was intuitively eating for the last two weeks, so I'm finally like getting back to my, yeah, getting back to my to my diet now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. After a while, like it's just been, I just kind of been, but like intuitively eating doesn't mean like I'm eating like shit. No, of course not. A lot of people think it is. Like I've probably have just been eating like way more carbs via fruit and rice than I had than I normally would on like a rest day. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And probably more protein too, as well. Like, I was probably upwards of 300 grams, where my normal is like 250.
1: So, dang, yeah,
0: yeah. So, I was probably ranging like two, 300, 300 grams of protein, like 350 grams of carbs, and probably like 65 grams of fat, where my rest day is normally like 250 protein, 225 carbs. Yeah, carb yeah, yeah. Fat. So, like, I enjoy my fats.
1: So, I was going to say, dude, your fats are low. Like, what, I, I like thrive and like, I mean, mine are around like 55 right now. So honestly, I could use a little bit more, but I thrive in like the 60, like 65 to 75 gram mark. Well, I that, love one, my that's
0: fats. What that's what I'm looking forward to in my gut protocol. Cause I know I'm just going to be fed a fuckload of Yep, know, yep like, yeah. MCT I'm, oil, I'm, all the things, like, I'm perfectly, <laughs> which I'm perfectly okay with. People have like an issue with coconut oil. I'm like, I fucking love this shit. I, could eat I like love it gram per meal and I'd be good.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. 100%. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. I just, I actually just finished up a flush protocol. This is kind of like perfect time for us to do this podcast. Cause I feel like I'm like at, like, I had just kind of talked about, um, a lot of the more recently like hormonal health issues I'm going through. And I just finished up a flush protocol and I, I added in like so many, so many just like new fat sources that I really wasn't having like some different fish. I was doing like flaxseed oil, different things like that. So I really enjoyed switching it up. Honestly, it was fun.
0: So can you explain to people what a flush is so they actually know what it is?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there are so many different ways to go about quote unquote flushing. Right. And so like, I think the one that we are kind of like all familiar with and like we have, I feel like the industry has kind of taken on as a whole kind of, um, I believe it originated from nutrition dynamic. Like that's, mm-hmm. I had like, um, some friends who worked for nutrition dynamic. And one of my good friends, who's a registered dietitian, dietitian specifically, um, kind of walked me through, this was probably like two years ago, like what a flush is, right? And how to implement one with clients. Um, but basically, what it is, is I always like to say it is not necessarily for weight loss purposes. Like, whenever we talk about a flush, we're not talking about a juice cleanse or a detox for weight loss or whatever it may be, right? It's not this quick fix thing. It's really meant to be used as a tool for overall detoxification, if you will. Like, we're focusing on kind of removing a lot of the, you know, chemicals, quote unquote, toxins whatever it may be through our process of liver detoxification. And with the flush, we focus on a very specific meal plan. Um, A lot of like healthy fats, uh, lean fish, like it's pretty low protein meal plan. At least mine was tons of fruits and veggies um, and a lot of carbohydrates, right? A lot of like whole, whole fruit juices, organic fruit juice, all of that kind of stuff. So we're focusing on a very specific meal plan. We are still eating at Maintenance. We are not cutting calories during a flush. Now, we might do that after the flush, um, but we're still eating at maintenance. And we're also focusing on some medical grade supplementation um, specifically to support um, phase one and phase two liver detoxification. So things like Metapure, things like UltraClear Renew from Metagenics. Um, and so yeah, it's really to help support kind of like all of our different systems. Right. So we're focusing on adrenal health. We're focusing on lowering inflammation. We're focusing on thyroid health, um, helping to support gut health, overall insulin resistance. So I have personally really, I, I, I was like early on, like about like probably in like 2021, I remember like implementing one flush with a client and, she was like, so not compliant to it. And also I was, I was definitely still like, I I mean, I started coaching in 2019, but even in 2021, I still felt like I was a little bit newer into my, um, confidence in my skills. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay, like, you know, we don't have to do it. It's fine. But now, um, just this past year, I have recently started implementing them as a strategy, as a tool, a little bit more. in some of my clients who are experiencing, you know really bad, you know, insulin resistance, missing periods, weight loss resistance, whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, it's really just to kind of support overall liver detoxification, um, and kind of just give the body like a factory reset, if you will, as our mentor Austin says. So it was a really cool experience for me. Honestly, I love doing it and it's only a two week thing. Um, you can definitely run it longer if you want, but normally you're doing it anywhere from like 10 to 14 days.
0: Yeah. It's really aggressive and it's very short. <laughs> like-
1: yeah. But I'm not going to lie to you, Anthony. Like. I fucking loved it. (laughs) And I it's
0: like this all the time. Can I just eat seven? (laughs) Can I just eat like 60 grams of protein and like 320 grams of carbs like all the time?
1: Literally, literally. And I I won't lie to you, I did miss my protein. I really missed my protein. Mm -hmm. But the fruit juices, like, your girl is hooked on like tart cherry juice and like organic apple juice. So freaking good. I'm like, I feel like a kid again. (laughs) This is amazing.
0: See, I do this. I do this strategy, but I do it very subtly with people. Mm -hmm. So like I won't tell them we're doing this specific thing because normally it lasts for a lot longer for me for two weeks because normally I just use those food sources. Yeah. Like their calories where they were. Like I Mm -hmm. just started with like three weeks, like a month ago. Mm -hmm. And I kind of used multiple of like the sources that she had. So it was a lot of like, so it was a lot of like using like apple juice and pear juice. And mm-hmm. it was just like overall just throwing like flaxseed oil, like all these different types of fats in it, into mm-hmm. her meal plan as it was. And I wasn't like, hey, we're doing the flush, right? Like I wasn't particularly like-
1: Yeah, you're just sneaking out. those things in.
0: I wasn't like emptying out supplementation, right? Like I wasn't right. like, I wasn't doing particular subs. I was kind of just doing like normal ones, like regular base, baseline. Yep. Um, and all of a sudden in three weeks, she's dropped like, she hit a new low. She started with me at 160 and she dropped to like 150.
1: And That's I'm awesome. Like, That's I'm amazing.
0: Like, and I'm like, cool. I was like, you had it Float. She's like, she came to me, she's like, I just feel so inflamed. And she was eating so much dairy and, mm-hmm. and stuff. And I just just yanked that and just applied all these whole foods. And it's yep. just like drop, just drop and drop. And I don't think people like understand that even before a flush, it's very, it's very much imperative to kind of have consistency down.
1: With, yeah. Oh my with god. With
0: yeah. A, with a plan in place. Because mm-hmm. a f- I, I know coaches who do this right away, right? But I find that's normally the coaches who it works with, those people are literally on like a last like line yes. of like trying things.
1: 100%. willing
0: to give it like everything right away.
1: Mm-hmm. Whereas
0: people who probably come to us aren't thinking like that's like, it's not the end, right? And that they're no. To, like, they're coming to us as like a first line. They're
1: coming to us as this is the beginning. Yeah. yeah and beginning. I, yeah. I have seen that too. And I think also, you know, I think so many of like our clientele, at least like for me too, I work with a lot of like general population too, where it's like they come from such restrictive backgrounds and they come from thinking that they have to do these crazy things. And I want to be the person to help them realize that they actually can get results without having to go to the extremes. Now, in a lot of our functional cases, do we at times have to pull out these more extreme stops and strategies? Yeah, of course. Right. But like, that's not the first thing that I start with, with clients. And I also think that it can sometimes scare clients off. But like you said, like the coaches who are doing this right out the gate, a lot of their clients are coming to them as like, okay, you are like my last person. Like I've tried everything. What do I do? You know?
0: Yeah. So can you explain to people why you even went into this in the first place? Because I think this is where we'll get down the road and we'll get down your journey and everything.
1: Yeah, for sure. Also, if I, my voice sounds crazy, literally thank God this was today, because if you would have heard me like two days ago, I sounded like Kermit the Frog or something, like lost my voice over the weekend because I was scream singing at my best friend's wedding. So just a warning to everyone out there. Um, but so... Why did I go and do a flush? So basically, you know, for me, um, I have had a very long, almost three-year journey post-birth control now, and things still are not where we want them to be. And honestly, I say this as like a disclaimer for anyone out there on a functional health journey that like you can be doing all of the things and you can be doing everything right and sometimes it really does just take forever. And sometimes the body just does not want to respond very quickly. And I've learned that with myself. Um, I'm definitely somebody who's like pretty sensitive to a lot of different things, stress for sure. Um, but so the reason why I went through a flush personally is because I did, I mean, we can kind of talk about my period like starting or my uh, journey starting out like post-birth control. But with, you know, this recent kind of like it just in the last year, um, I had lost my period post-birth control. I gained it back. I gained a lot of weight. Uh, I went through a lot of hormonal issues. And then I finally got my period back. I lost the weight. And then at the actual end of my dieting phase, um, back in like January and like the beginning of the year, I lost my period again. And it's been a super, super frustrating journey. Um, and so, you know, my coach and I, and, you know, I'm sure your audience is familiar with Austin, like me and Anthony have the same mentor and everything. Austin is also my coach. We, um, you know, we, Decided to pull out of my dieting phase. Obviously, when we realized, like, okay, period's not coming back. Like, we gave it, you know, two, three months, and we're like, okay, it's not happening. So, you know, we've been doing all of the things, the stress management, um, obviously, like diet quality, feeding me up. So, you know, we kind of thought at the end of that dieting phase, like, hey, once we kind of like pull cardio down a little bit, because I wasn't doing any intense cardio by any means. Um, I was literally like just focusing on steps, but my steps were pretty high. Um, Once we pull cardio down, once we add food back in, the period is probably going to come back. Right. And so now here we are like, (laughs) like eight, nine months down the road and it still has not come back. And so we were just like, okay, like this flush is kind of like one of those stops that we had to pull out. And we're like, hey, I think that, you know, and here's the thing is like, I am very much so the kind of person where I, I've gone through a lot of like the restrictive protocols, like at the very beginning of me trying to get my period back post birth control, I went through like a 30 day autoimmune paleo phase. Um, I did like a, I've pretty much tried like all of the things for myself. Um, And I'm always willing to do whatever it takes to get it back. But I'm also somebody who comes from a background of extreme restriction and binge eating and a really terrible relationship with food. And so one of the really big things throughout all of this is that I need to keep my relationship with food intact and I need to have some sort of balance, like whatever that looks like for me. Um, And, you know, I've like been doing a lot of like travel this summer, like I'm not a big drinker by any means, but I've definitely had like a little bit more alcohol than I would have liked Mm -hmm. to. Um, And so we were like, you know what, I think it would be a great place to do a flush. You know, it's been it's been a couple months of, you know, reverse dieting. Calories are in a good place. We're around like 2000 on average. We're still continuing to move them up things aren't working. It's, you know, my period's not coming back. So let's do a flush. Um, So that was really like the main reason why we went into one. And I mean, I'm really crossing my fingers that it does help to bring it back. But I will tell you that like, I feel, I have felt this entire time outside of me, you know, losing my period. I have felt, Absolutely incredible. So like, that's the really frustrating thing about it. Um, but I dropped, I dropped like three ish pounds during the flush, definitely dropped inflammation, energy, sleep, like everything improved. So I have been feeling great post flush. Um, and it's funny because the very first time around that I lost my period, whenever i did like the 30 day autoimmune paleo phase i got my period back for good the first time around the next month after i did that so i'm really hoping that this kind of has the same effect and that it comes back maybe this month or the month after um but you know there's definitely a lot of like there's there's some different like hormonal issues and factors that are playing into like my missing period and everything that we can kind of talk about but yeah it's been a it's been a freaking roller coaster like it's been a wild ride and i'm just like Holy shit, me coming off of birth control in 2021, never would have thought that I would be here like almost three years later, still struggling.
0: I think that's like the hardest part for a lot of females. And Mm -hmm. I find that, and this is what I find is any females who's been on like some sort of restrictiveness or they've Mm -hmm. had some sort of previous eating disorder or anything, it takes a long while for the body to actually work with them.
1: It absolutely that's what, does. That's
0: what I keep finding. Like whether it's whether it's gut health. Well, number one, anytime anytime I see someone having an eating disorder, usually they have a gut issue mm-hmm. all the time because it's a massive distrust on your body. And when your body doesn't trust you, it's just your gut's not going to trust you <laughs> whatsoever. For sure. Um, but I've been finding that a lot of those people just like struggle to get it back, even though they're trying to do everything that they everything that they are. Yeah. Right. I think that's a big thing too that I see with people Mm because, as us coaches, our first thing is when things aren't going right. What do we? What do we kind of question? Do we question whether they're actually following the supplementation plan or not? Right. Right. Or, Mm -hmm. or we see the labs. Right. Because normally Mm -hmm. labs labs don't lie.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. This is where I'm like,
0: this is where I'm like, some people have admitted to me before that they don't follow the supplements that I give. Yeah. I'm like, okay, see, this is the result of it. But yeah, like we can
1: see this through your blood work.
0: But I know a lot of females, and I know some on my team who have followed everything to a T, like to yeah. a T, and one hundred percent. And it doesn't come back easily, and I don't really even know kind of how. Like when you get to that point as the coach, what do you you're do? Like, you're like, I don't really know how to explain as to why it's not coming back. Because mm-hmm. personally, I think most of it's just like something in here.
1: It is. That's not, it is that's
0: not allowing them to. That it's not allowing their body to like trust and heal from within. Like it could take all the supplements at once, but it won't fully, it won't fully accept what, what it's actually putting in.
1: I fully agree with that. And I fully believe that it is psychological. And I also believe that it's psychological for myself as well, even though like, so The very first time around, like whenever I was working to get my period back and I had gained a lot of weight and everything, like I did so much internal work, like ungodly amounts of like repairing my relationship with myself, with my body, with food. And like, when I tell you, like I'm sitting here today with the like healthiest relationship that I've ever had with food and with my body, like I do not lie about that, but I will say that like. I think that I tend to downplay the stress that I am under sometimes. And Mm -hmm. don't we all, right? Like we're coaches, we're business owners, like it's a lot. And um, I will say that I am in a much better place now than I was kind of like within that like first year and a half post birth control trying to get my period back and everything like that. But it's funny because you say like the labs don't lie. So, you know, through my blood work, we see that I have lower cortisol levels. My progesterone tanked, 0.1. Like when I tell you, like almost non-existent, right? Um, Testosterone's low, estrogen's low. So for me, it like, I genuinely like, and here's the thing is I am going to be making appointments to um, like get an ultrasound and just kind of roll out like potential PCOS, whatever it may be, which I do not think is the case for me. I genuinely do believe that this is like, hypothalamic related more than anything. Like I really am dealing with hypothalamic amenorrhea and like, what do we know about that? Like we know how, like we know that it's the hypothalamus, right? Like it's linked to the brain. It's linked to our mind. And I think that that's what people really struggle to grasp and understand. And even for me, it's hard. Like even as somebody with like, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm the most knowledgeable person in the world, right? Like I'm still learning and growing every single day, but even as somebody with like Almost five years of coaching experience and five plus years of being a dietitian and education, all of these different things, and like, and helping my clients through these exact same issues. It's still, even at times, hard for me to grasp the fact that, oh my gosh, I am doing everything. Like, Austin tells me to jump, I say, how high? Like, I will do every single thing to a T. That has never been my issue and it's still, my period is still not coming back and I still have tank progesterone and it's still like all of these different things. And it's like, I saw a quote on, from like one of my favorite, like functional practitioners the other day who said something along the lines of, you know, when a symptom is chronic, it does not necessarily have to do with the rest of the body. It has to do with the brain. Right. And so that's really what I do believe that I'm dealing with, but it's like man, what else can I do that I'm not already doing to kind of like help the way that I'm managing stress and perceiving my stress and reacting to stress? You know what I mean? Because like, God, I've had so much experience in, in having to, you know, work on these things. So it's like from here, yeah, like how do I explain to myself that, yeah, like my period is just not coming back right now? You know what I mean? It's, it's really difficult and it's very difficult for other people who are so far removed from this industry to grasp that as well.
0: So how do you how do you deal with kind of like that frustration and continuing to move forth mm-hmm. with it, knowing that it's been three years? Because I know some people who after a while, and now this is always age dependent, and I've had this conversation with people, and I've had this conversation with Austin before, and mm-hmm. not a lot of people like to bring this up. They're like, at what point? do you just stop trying and you go down the route that you, that you may need to kind of have more like optimal health? Yeah. Like, how do you get through that? How do you get through that kind of Mm -hmm. like frustration and knowing it's been so long, kind of taking the, the kind of the natural supplementation route. Yeah. And kind of getting through that because I think this is where a lot of people give up after a certain time period and they're like, Mm -hmm. well, this isn't working. So I just need to stop. And and so like, how have you gotten through this last three years of kind of like this frustration?
1: Of yeah. Going through
0: it, of especially getting it and then losing it. Losing then, it again. <laughs> and then not coming back.
1: Yeah. I will say, honestly, like, so for the first like year and a half, so like from January 2021 to like June of 2022, that was kind of like the span of, you know, it took me like 10 months to get it back the first time um and then on top of that i had also started like to gain weight and i i kept gaining weight like once i got it back like i know a lot of people who have gone through this and like once they got their period back kind of like post birth control they're like man i just dropped inflammation like weight you know weight came up blah blah not for your girl like i was like okay it's just like piling on now like any small fluctuation i had it just stuck. It never, the scale never went back down. It was just like, all right, there's another pound. There's another pound really freaking hard. And so I think in the first year and a half of this journey, that was, and as vain as it sounds, I'm just going to be 100% honest. Like my number one driver was like, I want to lose this weight again because I just, and don't get me wrong. I did so much work during that time to have so much like respect and just like self-love and acceptance for where I was at in my body. And I really, really did truly learn to accept my body in like at 30 pounds up. And like, I'm sure I'm five foot. So like that feels like a lot of weight for me. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just like, and I just did not feel my best though. Like I didn't feel my most comfortable. Like I just wasn't thriving in my body. So I was like, what are my options? I literally have two options. I can either give up and stay, st- stay stuck where I'm at or I keep moving forward and I eventually get to where I want to be and I continue to pivot and I just continue to choose the ladder. I continue to keep moving forward because I knew that it was not a matter of like if it was a matter of when for me, because like, I know myself and I'm like, I'm not going to give up until I get to the place that I want to be. So like, no matter what it takes, no matter if it takes switching coaches and getting another opinion and finding somebody who like, I know is going to like fully hear me out and like get another set of eyes on things. Like I was going to do whatever it took. Um, and like whatever protocol I needed to go through. So I would say like the first year and a half, like the weight gain for me was kind of a really big driver, Um, but also toward the end, just really wanting to be able to have a body that like could function on its own. You know what I mean? I think one of the most difficult things about being a woman who is having menstrual cycle issues and period issues and fertility issues is the fact that like, okay, obviously like women are made for so much more than to procreate, but like that is literally like one of the big things that we are made for, right? Like whether or not you want to have children, like this should be something that works for me. Right. And so like, why can my body not do what I was built to do? Right. Like what it was born to do. And so I think that was a really like frustrating thing for me. And just like, I wanted to be able to like have those natural hormonal fluctuations and not have to rely on, you know, synthetic hormones or whatever it may be. And now like, after I got it back and then like losing it again, I'm not going to lie. Like the first month that it didn't come back toward the end of my, um, toward the end of my cut this past year, definitely had a little bit of a mental freak out. I was like, Holy shit. Like I just did literally like two years of work to get this back. And now like, and to lose this weight and now like for what? Like, is my body really this sensitive? And like, mind you, it's not like I was or I am competition lean by any means. It's not like I was super low body fat or anything like that. Like I'm like five foot, 125 pounds. I have plenty of body fat on me and I'm very happy with where I'm at right now. But like, it was just really frustrating to see like, is this seriously what my set point is? Like, is this seriously how sensitive my body is that like, I can't even get back down to like it, what is, what I feel is a healthy weight for me without losing my period. Right. And so I was kind of just like, I was honestly like mad at first. Um, and I will say that like having Austin as like, you know how Austin is, he's so neutral and like, he's just very grounding and like someone who's just like a really neutral sounding board for me really, really helped me. And so I have been able to stay so much more neutral and calm throughout this. And I do believe that like, my calmness throughout this the second time, I attribute that to the first time around because I'm like, okay, I've been here before. I know that stressing about it and being so freaking frustrated and feeling like I want to give up is not going to do anything for me because I've gotten it back before and I know it'll happen again. But um, I think it's really just knowing that like, I now am doing this for like a bigger reason outside of myself because I do think about, and while I'm very far away from this and like my boyfriend and I still don't even know if we like for sure want kids, like that is something that's kind of on my radar at some point within like, you know, probably like the next five, six years of my life. And like, this is something that's really important for me to be able to you know, have my fertility and have a family when I get older and everything like that. So that's really a driving force for me as well. Um, And I think just like my knowledge around all of this and knowing that like I have to give my body and my mind grace and time and patience this time around is just really helping me because the the first time around, I didn't really understand. I was very new into this. I was Mm -hmm. super frustrated by it. But now I've grown so much more. I've obviously I've dove so much deeper into my own functional health space. like this is something that I primarily work with with women now. I know how important like having that patience and grace for myself is. Um, but like to your point, you know, like I've been doing natural supplementation now for years. Like I tried Chaseberry, didn't do shit for me. Progon B, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I've been on it for six months and it raised my progesterone from 0.1 to a 0.3. So like, but I will say, I will say that like part of that, it, it might not be the most accurate because part of that was still me like, dieting and then Mm. moving into a reverse diet so it's hard to say now we probably will go ahead and get labs here again soon and just kind of see now that I've officially been out of a dieting phase like where are things at but it's like yeah at what point am I gonna say like hey what is another route that I need to go you know what I mean because I mean program b is like that's I basically bioidentical you know what I mean so it's like if this isn't helping me like do I try a cream? Like what, you know, what else am I going to do from here? But I think it's just knowing that like I I never allow myself to just give up mentally. You know what I mean? And I'm always telling myself it's not a matter, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And I'm always just like pivoting and doing whatever I need to do and trusting my coach as well. I think is really, really important. Trusting like the process that he's taking me through.
0: I think that's a really important key, that last part. Or it's just mm-hmm. like, cause, cause I used to be on the side of when I was learning from Austin and I started all this stuff, you know, even when you're, when you're doing it for with an athlete, you feel the emotion of the athlete and you oh feel my God, like yeah. that a little bit. So like, even when I was first doing this with a lot of people, I put a lot of emphasis on getting it back and my like emotion tied to to that and their success tied to that. Yep. And so Like you would also get frustrated, like as the coach, but the more I've like gone and done this, the more like stoic I get with these, with these women, like the more I'm just like, the more I'm just like, it's going to come back. Like, I'm just like, like, I am just so more so like calm with things because you have to be neutral because you cannot, you cannot level up to where they're at in terms Mm. of their like, because excitement and anxiety run on the same dopamine scale
1: so Mm -hmm. it's like
0: so it's like you could trigger things by getting them like really excited and really anxious at the same time so you kind of have to be like very much and they can and they could do that because the the process for you right is so long and like Hmm. i have females who are like two and a half years into this or like things and they're like still trying to get things back like they're not as consistent with it and it's just like you just got to remain very stoic with how you respond to these things and just like I've been Mm -hmm. here, like you've been here before. Like once you get the experience of it, you're like, I've been here before. I know how to take you out of things. I know how to take you out of a dieting phase. And I think that that's like, I've talked about this with multiple competition coaches with things like that. It's just like, you could dig someone pretty hard, especially like a woman, but you got to know how to get them out of it. That's really important, but that's exactly it. I just find that the response of the coach is what gives the athlete the confidence over whether things are going to come back or not, because Mm -hmm. the athlete will always freak out. Yep. The athletes emotion. They will, they will not learn to ride the midline of Mm -hmm.
1: things,
0: Like you got to kind of teach them how to ride that midline, but it comes from how you ride the midline yourself as 100%.
1: So
0: like, that's how I, that's how I found success with a lot of women is I I totally agree. And I'm like, and then like they'll just text me one day and they'll, like the they'll WhatsApp message me and they'll be like, "Oh, I got my first bleed," and I'm like, "Yep, I was like, see that coming? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, see? I was like, it's all just a matter of, like that's how I respond. I respond with like, just some it was just a matter of time. Like I won't even yep. do, like, like sometimes I'll give a fuck yes to them. Because, yeah, like I'll be excited with them, but I'm just like,
1: it's just yeah. a matter
0: of time. It's just like
1: it's so like- true, and like I also think too that you know, I, I especially think as, you know, as women who are dealing with these kind of issues and everything, like, you know, obviously this is something that's super important to us. And I think that I, I've been the exact same way. Like whenever I first started out coaching these issues, I would definitely be very, and this doesn't mean that we're not emotionally invested in it with you. This doesn't mean that we're in, that we're not in the trenches with you because trust me, like there have been times where I'm up at 1am thinking about a client, you know what I mean? It's like, we've all been there literally, literally, but it's like, but we have to be that kind of like solid ground and that sounding board for them and that neutral place. And like you said, like digging somebody down deep is one thing, but like, you have to know how to pull them out. And like, that's something that Austin says all of the time. And I think that's so important. And like, that's for me, why I like, why I am so trusting and why, I do just kind of like whatever he says goes and whatever my coach says goes. Because, you know, if you start to kind of like get into those emotions and then you're trying to pull from like, well, this person's doing this, this person's doing this with their client, should I be doing that? it's just, you're getting so much, um, you're just getting so much feedback and like you're getting in your own way. You know what I mean? So, I mean, and that's also something that I learned for myself. So I've taken that neutrality that I possess as a coach and I have placed it into myself as a client as well because I know that like me getting super excited or super anxious or whatever it may be about this is not going to help me. Um, And I also just think that I'm, also more open to like exploring more possibilities now. Like I, I won't lie to anyone. Like I'm definitely very jaded by, um, like going to my OBGYN and stuff and like doctors and everything, because the last time I went, they pretty much gaslighted me, told me to go, get back on birth control. And like, whenever I told them about my low progesterone levels, they were like, no, I think your progesterone's fine. I think you mean your estrogen. And I was like, No, like I have my labs right here. I know what I'm talking about. Um, And so, you know, this time around, I am more open to just doing the research and exploring and finding different like professionals and also OBGYNs and, and doctors who can also like kind of guide me and even give me more answers as well. But at the end of the day, like I know that it's up here, like it's mental for sure. And I do think that I'm in a much, much better place this time around, especially with like my body and my body image and my relationship with food. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. If I did not go through this process and I did not go through this weight gain and everything, I don't know if I would have ever healed my relationship with food and my body the way that I did. Because that, like, seeing your body change in a way that you don't want it to after years of working to get it to a place that you were really happy with, like that is some shit that like just, it really messes with you mentally. And you really have to do a lot of deep inner work to accept your body at every single stage. And that's something that I thought that I had done before, but I never really did it until I actually had to go through like that weight gain all over again and realize like, wow, like this is also something right now That I can't change. Like I can't lose the weight right now. I have to stay here in this discomfort, and I have to be okay with it. You know?
0: Yeah. I was kind of going to ask, how did you get used to? How did you kind of get used to? And how did you change your mindset towards that? Because I think this is the one thing that ultimately stops a lot of women. And Mm -hmm. I see. Oh my god! Yeah. And I see this all the time where I'll prescribe like food. And their mm-hmm. body and their body weight doesn't change and i'm like yeah then i prescribe more food and i'm like the body doesn't change and i'm like body weight doesn't change and i'm like you're not eating what i'm asking you to eat i was mm-hmm. like i can 100 percent guarantee you are not doing what i'm what i'm actually putting on there because yep. I have some females who eat like 400 grams of carbs, and their body weight does nothing. And I'm
1: like, I'm like, what is it like? <laughs>
0: I'm like, unless you're taking like 20,000 steps a day, there's no yeah. freaking way. I'm like, yeah. And and so I'm just like, how do you get used to it when you have to eat all that food to actually get your body weight to where it needs to get to? Yeah. To see it go through that kind of like discomfort. Yeah. Um, like what really flipped for you mentally through that process? And what was the big kind of like healing turn point for you with that in terms of?
1: For sure. So I will say that one of the biggest things for me is that it's funny to me because before I went through like the waking and everything like that, I would do a lot of like body checking in the mirror. So it was literally like an inside joke with my friends, like any mirror I would go, go by, I would like lift up my shirt and be like, Oh, got to check the stomach. And like, they would literally be like, Oh, there's Kara checking her stomach. Like it was like so messed up. Right. Because I was constantly just like, constantly like looking at myself, like picking myself apart, looking at like checking these little areas of my body that I thought needed work or whatever it may be. And I kind of took that and I stopped like whenever I was like, gaining the weight, I honestly stopped doing that so much. But I started, I I kind of like did this mental flip of like, I would stop like checking, like body checking myself, but I would start like noticing. So I started like spending a lot more time, honestly, like with my body, just like noticing and accepting that, okay, like, this is what my arms look like right now. Like, this is what my stomach looks like. Like I have back rolls, like I have a little bit of extra cellulite, whatever it may be. And I really pushed myself to like notice those things. And again, practice that neutrality around them and be like, okay, I'm noticing this and I'm accepting this rather than I'm like, I'm checking this and I'm trying to change this. Um, and I will also say too, that like I stopped clinging to old me and like to old clothes and different things like that. That was something huge for me. Um, I remember doing like an overhaul of like my closet because like I was hanging on to, and like, don't get me wrong. Like I, I did keep like some of my items and stuff because I am now back at the weight that I was like previously before all of this happened. But like I got rid of like so many clothes that like were not fitting me and that I was waiting to fit back into or whatever it may be. And I went out and bought clothes that I felt comfortable in, that I like loved, that I felt good in. And that was just such a game changer for me as well. Um, But I would honestly say like the really big thing was just knowing that, you know, like and doing a lot of work to, to find that like my worth had nothing to do with my body. And that is, I know it sounds cliche, but like that is really what I put a lot of my worth into prior to this whole journey was my body because I worked so hard To get it to a place that it was before um and again that took a lot of mental work like that took a lot of like self-acceptance spending time with my body a lot of i did like a lot of meditation a lot of just kind of like sitting and being with myself Mm. um and just like speaking really positively to myself like when i tell you i can't i can tell you like pretty much every single day before this journey like I would say something negative to myself like, oh my gosh, you look so fat or like your stomach's too big or whatever it may be. And like, I can't tell you the last time that I made a negative comment toward my body or toward myself. And like, honestly, like that feeling is just unlike any other, because like, like I said, like going through this, I don't know if I would be here saying that today if I did not go through this, right? And I think it was just, I think it's just about, you know, sitting in that discomfort and knowing that like this is for a reason. Like I had a reason why I could not lose the weight and why I was gaining the weight and why I did have to eat more. Like knowing that it's for this greater good and it's for the longevity of your health and your goals, I think is so important, right? Because I think a lot of people tend to, to think about things in like these really small time frames, right, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, how am I going to be able to deal with you know gaining five pounds or ten pounds or even thirty pounds or whatever it may be, but I was always focused on where's this going to get me? You know what I mean, like how is this helping me in the long run um and just like practicing that delayed gratification, which again, like most people don't have, or they don't know how to practice it,
0: yeah. I think the biggest, I think that's the biggest thing amongst anybody's journey, right? Is learning how to like not speak poorly about themselves.
1: Yeah. Whatsoever. Oh my God, it's or, huge.
0: Or like learning how to fully like love themselves. And this is something that like I talked about is I, I made a post about it the other week. I was like, finally kind of took a day where like I have to myself each week where. It's oh like yeah, I saw know, that. Yeah. I don't have any responsibilities to anyone else.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm
0: like forcing myself to spend time with me. Yeah. Because I'm such an extrovert or I'm such a giver that Mm -hmm. I forcefully go out of my way to like find people's problems and try to help them solve it. Same. Like not like be in here because the moment I'm alone. The biggest thing is you start to get trapped in here, and you start to speak all these things about yourself that are not true, or you start to 100% yourself that are not true, and that's probably the biggest thing that I'm still like working through right now. um, Mm -hmm. Is getting through that, and I think that's probably, I mean, bringing it back to my own health issues, it's probably why I have gut issues to truly be honest. Um, Yeah, it's probably one of the big reasons. So like, it's something that, and I coach a lot of like younger, younger males and younger females. Yeah, and it's like the one thing I consistently try to do because I want to go into this next. Like social media just puts it out there that mm-hmm. like you have to be this certain way, or at yep. this age you kind of have to be successful, or yep, you have to have it all figured you out. have to have it all figured out by like twenty, like all these ki- all these like people on YouTube and everything have it figured out by like twenty five. Mm-hmm. Little do they know they probably don't, and they're just like. They're suffering on the inside really and they're just they're just yeah. making a lot of money on youtube or making a lot of money on streams um mm-hmm. but i think that that's obviously probably played a big impact on a lot of people healing is like if we could get rid of something it would like as much as we rely on it for business we would probably all get rid of social media if we probably could like for
1: sure and i won't even lie to you like it just it does it puts such a pressure on things and it's funny because. I actually, like, I had talked with you about it, Anthony, like, I don't know, like, what, two weeks ago about, like, losing my period a second time around. And, like, I actually just opened up about it on my own podcast last week. And it's so funny to me because, like, I was so nervous to put it out there on social media because, like, there are, like, one, in one sense, like, there are so many people who, like, look up to you in a certain way and look up to you to be this certain thing and like to have it all figured out and like to be this pillar of health or whatever it may be. And I almost kind of felt some shame around the fact that like, wow, I am almost three years into this and I'm still going through my own struggles. You know what I mean? And I'm still like still dealing with hormonal health issues and everything like that. And so like I think that that social media puts so much unnecessary pressure on us to just, be something that you know maybe we're not or maybe we're not all the time you know what i mean or to be so much further along than other people are and then we start to you know follow other people in this industry or on their weight loss journey or whatever it may be and see what they're doing and think that it applies to us or whatever it may be so again it just causes like so much noise and so much comparison and I mean, I'm so guilty of it as well. Like something that I find uh, myself doing and like something that's been really helpful for me is like, especially when I'm like scrolling, I follow a lot of coaches, whatever it may be. And like, one big thing for me is I don't necessarily find myself comparing my like body or like myself to other people, but I'll find myself comparing like education or like, content or different things like that. Or I'll be like, Oh my gosh, like this person's doing this, or this person's talking about this. That's really smart. Like my content's not that good or whatever it may be. And whenever I start to like hear myself having those thoughts, I'll ask myself one, am I going to be able to do anything to like mitigate or like fix what I'm thinking in the next like five or 10 minutes? Like, because I saw this person's content or what they put out, am I now going to go and like, revamp whatever I just did or whatever. No, I'm not. And also too, is this benefiting me in any way? If not, I'm shutting it down. I'm closing out the app. I'm turning my phone off and I'm like immediately just like shutting it all down because I know myself well enough to know that like I will get into a spiral about that stuff. And then like that's where the intrusive thoughts come in. And this literally plays right back into like, this is why we're all so stressed. And this is why like our brain is causing so many of these like chronic health issues and hormonal issues and gut issues.
0: I, I agree with you. And I think it's something where you're, you're, you're thinking a bit of like shame as a coach and what your image is as a coach too. Mm -hmm, For sure. Right. Like for you now, like for you, it's, you're like, well, does this break my credibility as a coach? Because I have these issues and I can't get it solved. And yep. it's like the same, it's the same feeling I had like last week when I got my gut health, when I got like my GI map back and I was like, okay, I was like, "Yeah, cool." I'm going to have to go through this extensive process. Like you would think, you would think I know how to read my own body enough to mm-hmm. kind of like, like, obviously I advocated for myself and I got the GI map, like without Mark really asking for it to be ran. Yeah, I was like, yeah. you know what? It's time to do it. I was like, I've been like bodybuilding for four years. I pushed food up to 4,000 plus calories at one point, mm-hmm. like probably yep. should get this done. Um, For sure. and so, and, but it's just like, you get that back and you see how bad it is. Right. Yeah. You are like F I let it get this bad. And it's not like you mm-hmm. let it get this bad. It's like, sometimes we're so blind to ourselves because we give so much to others that yes. we don't really particularly see what our issues are. And I think that's where like I said, I'm learning to spend time with myself, so I learn how to actually understand when my body truly feels off. Because you won't know if your body even feels off unless you're actually in line with yourself and aligned with like you and you trust you and you know who you are, right? And I think that's it's a, little so like true. It's a little like woo woo out there, but like you could tell. But it's so true. You could tell when your energy is off, you could tell when things are off, like comparatively to when you actually like feel good, right? Because yeah. you'll hit like, you'll hit this like month where you'll feel really freaking good. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it slowly just starts to down, slowly starts to down regulate, and you're like, how did I get here? And yeah. but, but you, but you start to realize it more and more because you've been, you've been at that top and you understand what it feels like to be there. So anything mm-hmm. like that's not there, where you feel like yourself fully, it feels yep. off, and you understand yeah. it. But I find that for sure, a guilt to us coaches, and a lot of pressure to always be like the perfect people. When it comes one hundred percent, we have to because we technically lead the way, right? Like we all talk about yeah. it, in the trenches with our athletes. Well, this is probably the most in the trenches with our athletes that we could possibly get like if
1: literally know, like, like i'm going through it with you <laughs> yeah
0: like like going through like going through like a gut protocol or going through like hormones yeah. um, back like it's it's not an easy thing and for us mm-hmm. to have to do it too like for us to coach it and then for us having to do it ourselves
1: it's a it, double whammy
0: it really can it really can break you down as like a coach in terms of Okay, how are how are colleagues and how's my reputation being affected by this?
1: Right, right. And then it's the constant need to check in on yourself and be like, oh my gosh, I'm giving so much of my energy and time to help other people with this specific issue. Am I actually giving that back to myself? You know? Like yeah. it's so huge. So I mean, I, I totally agree with everything that you're saying. And it's like if you're chronically in fight or flight, like if you're chronically just go, go, go and you're not giving yourself enough time for that rest and to like sit with yourself and be present with yourself. Like, how are you going to know how you're truly feeling? You know?
0: So what do you, so what are you excited about? And then for, cause I think this is also where people need to learn a bit of like wording here and how people Mm -hmm. look at situations. I think a lot of people think like there's probably so much less, like you're probably like, Oh, well, Kara's probably like less hopeful or, She's probably like really down about it. Whereas mm-hmm. it seems like given after the flush, you seem really excited about where you're going. So yeah. Like, what are you, so like, what are you excited about? Because I think so many people think it's like, it's not, they're so nervous about these things. or are so nervous about these things coming back. But what are you actually like excited about when it comes down to this journey?
1: Yeah. Oh, I love this question. Um, honestly, like something that makes me really excited, especially post flush is just like the changes that I've personally made like the diversity that I've added to my diet and just like all of these like small little things that I'm now doing and paying a little bit more attention to which again I know to pay attention to but it can be easy to kind of get out of the routine of some of these things whenever you're doing them for so long you know so that's something that I'm really excited about it's just like honestly some of the foods that I'm like adding in um and like focusing a bit more on and I'm also just really excited to, you know, see if it does come back. And here's the thing is that like, I, I'm not going to be upset or disappointed one way or the other. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. really happy that I did this no matter what. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think for me, the excitement is just in like, again, not if, but when it comes back, right. And like how excited I'm going to feel knowing that like, I did even more of the work and how much effort I continue to put in and the fact that it was worth it for me. And, you know, if at some point we get to a point where it's like, hey, we have to explore other options, like, you know, I'm talking to like other healthcare professionals, whatever it may be, like, that's what what happens, right? But I can tell you that, like, I'm going to stay the course, that I'm going to... I mean, Austin stuck with me forever. I'm going to be with Austin until the day that I die. Um, So if you're listening, don't kick me off the team ever. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I'm going to continue to just trust the process, trust him like trust the protocols. And I'm excited to pivot if we need to, honestly, because I'm like, the more that we pivot, and the more that we put in place, or like stops, we pull out or whatever it may be, though, that is just more opportunities to learn, not only for myself, but also for my clients as well, you know?
0: Yeah, that's what I'm kind of excited about. Like, it's, it's been really hard. I will say, like, when you're kind of taken out of the gym for for seven weeks,
1: Oh my you know, God. Yeah.
0: But like seven, eight weeks, like initially it's supposed to be four weeks. So like, I'm hoping, um, my bodybuilding, like <sighs> discipline kicks in and like my body will heal up like really quickly, but like, I'm, yeah, not, yeah. I'm not always optimistic about it, but like, like <laughs> they said four weeks initially. And then like the doctor I met with yesterday was like, yeah, it's usually more like six to eight. And I was like,
1: nice. <sighs> like
0: Good, thanks. Um, thanks for giving me so much hope and hope and and love them. yeah they always yeah.
1: got to start you out on the longer end of things and then if we can cut it back we'll do that yeah, but yeah that's what, that's
0: what my friend said she's like damn normally they start normally you should start a little bit longer and then come back into it if you couldn't yeah. Like, yeah that's how i would have done it if i was my if i was if i was uh, they really
1: gave you some false hope
0: but um but i was just like well i'm excited to kind of just like explore different things that i can do even though i've been for like, sure my bed basically the last two weeks but still like <laughs> Actually like having to do different activities and stuff like that and like, get yeah, outside the gym so that when I'm right like, yes. back into it and I was just like, you know what, I knew it right before I got surgery, right when I got my GI map done, right when I, right when I took my GI map, I was like, this is going to be a perfect time to do a gut protocol to just like mm-hmm. reset my body for when I get back into the gym, I'm going to be good to go and I'm going to be ready yeah. to go and we're going to be, and we're going to make, we're going to make progress. So it's just like, Heck yeah, dif- Learning to learning to take opportunities where they are in yeah. these situations
1: For is sure. probably
0: really key. It's not it's not seeing what you're restricted on because I think mm-hmm. so many people see that they have to be restricted on the training or restricted on the diet or restrict yep. – like, 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 even though you have a diversity with the diet, you still have to be kind of like in – like, you can't just go and, like, binge your face 100%.
1: The yes.
0: So it's like – but, like, to have to – to have to do that, you have to kind of see what opportunities you have outside of fitness in general. Um, For sure. process, no matter what you do. For most females, I have them train two to three days a week when they're in these things. Like, yeah. I normally never have them training four to five days. Like, they like no. to. Um, I push them eventually, but I'm like, you have to be kind of patient. Or I have some people not even train at all. Like, some people yeah, like to right they elect to go with what I would say, and mm-hmm. it's just like like if we could have a perfect world as a functional health coach, I'd be like, "You're not training you're
1: literally you're not training you're not training, <laughs> you're not
0: training. Like, we're resting, and so but it but it doesn't really work that way because sometimes it does worse than it does good but for I sure I finding, agree um, finding opportunity in these things is like the ultimate key to add, is like another key to healing and to for sure things done,
1: yeah, because there is so much more like even though we are working towards such a specific, you know, health or fitness or functional health goal, whatever it may be, there is also so much more to it than just health and fitness. Right. And there's so much more to life and there are so many opportunities for you to find something in a way to, you know, connect deeper with yourself or find a new hobby or whatever it may be to bring you more joy. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's just like, if people want to get it done, Learn learn to love things outside the gym. Learn to, yeah. learn to actually love activities outside the gym. For sure. It won't always be fun and games when you're doing these things. It's a lot of just like pump workouts, just going just going chill in the gym. Yep. Keep your mind sane. Basically is what I tell some of my athletes.
1: Yes, uh, keep it neutral, for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. So last que- last few questions here, because we are near the end of time here. Um what so this podcast is called the No Pursuit Podcast, which is the journey to become the best version of yourself possible? What is one Mm -hmm. thing that people can do to become the best version of themselves?
1: Oh, there's so many. Man, you really put me on the spot with this one. Let me think. Personally, I think that it's genuinely practicing the art of self-talk and the art of positive self-talk as well and not... Speaking to yourself negatively, like if there's one thing that you can do, it's not talking to yourself negatively because like and treating yourself like you treat all of the other people that you love in your life. Like think about the friends and family and significant others and people in your life who you love so much and you pour so much love and energy and positivity into them. Why are you not giving that back to yourself? You know, so I think that that's one of the biggest things is just choosing to speak your, to yourself kindly and not speak to yourself negatively.
0: Awesome. And then, last question, easiest one of them all. Where can people find you? Anything you want to shout out? Anything you want to kind of? Anything you want to say?
1: Yeah. Plug time, plug time. Yeah, so you can find me at Karagoss underscore RD on Instagram and TikTok. I also have a free Facebook group called Functional Fat Loss Secrets for Women. We do tons of live trainings in there, um, recipes, education. And then I also have a podcast as well, the Not Your Quick Fix podcast with uh, my co-host and best friend, Kylie Kaiser, who I believe is going to be on here or was on here at some Point.
0: Yes. Yeah. She was, actually, she was actually the last time I recorded because I had I had episodes record I had episodes scheduled, but I was like I'm gonna be a boss and record the first week coming out of surgery. Yeah, that didn't happen at all. I <laughs> even do that, so there was no way I was recording.
1: <laughs> oh my god, love it. Yeah, but those are the main places that you can find me. um I'm definitely most active on Instagram. So if you need anything, just shoot me a DM.
0: And. If you guys did enjoy this episode, as per usual, go share us on your Instagram story. Go tag Kara and I on that story. We would really appreciate it. Um, If you guys do also want to support the podcast, you guys can use code Spada at morphogenutrition.com to save you guys 10% off all supplements. Um, Pretty sure Kara probably uses a good bit of those. Heck (laughs) yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, Data four.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Just don't use data. Just don't use data for or- I will. Yes.
1: I will promote Spada for you. I've definitely mm-hmm. used yours before too. Don't worry. I try to spread the love.
0: No, no, <laughs> let's use mine. No. Um, but if you guys also enjoyed the podcast as per usual, go subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and YouTube. Um, go maybe it's a five-star rating and review. Go listen to any of the other episodes too, as well. There's plenty of dope ones on there. So thank you guys for listening. this episode of the noble pursuit podcast you guys just took one step closer to becoming the best version of yourself possible
1: boom